Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, I, should feel, I feel like I should start by uh, apologizing for my absence on Friday. Uh, as some of you know, my wife gave birth to our third child on Friday, James Adam Greminger. Thank you. You know, he's not going to live it down that he made his dad miss Good Friday. As long as he lives, he's not living that down. You know, there's a lot of interesting things that you celebrate as a parent, right? You know, if you've ever had a baby or been around one, you probably know what I mean. Celebrating things like, oh, that's a good burp, or being excited and really kind of weird to think about, about a full diaper, <laughs> right? In any other context, that would be so weird to get excited about those things. Now, this goes without saying, but you're not actually excited about those things on their own, right? I don't think many parents are like, yes, I get to clean a rancid, messy diaper today. But by burping, by filling a diaper, these are signs that the baby is developing, that their body is functioning the way that it should be. What the acts mean are far more important than the acts themselves. Well, here on Easter morning, we are celebrating the fact that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. He's risen indeed. Hallelujah. We're going to be looking at the fact that Jesus ate fish. Exactly what you were expecting me to talk about on Easter morning, right? But because uh, similar to how a baby doing those things is not about the acts themselves, but about what it represents the case for Jesus eating fish as well. Now, before we talk about that, before we celebrate Easter Sunday, it's important to back up and look at the events of Holy Week. So on Monday, Thursday, Jesus and his disciples, you know, his closest followers, they are gathered together to celebrate the Passover. Now, this is like the equivalent of uh, Christmas or Easter for us today. And so they're gathered together, kind of like their own little family unit, celebrating this hugely important occasion. And this is when Jesus gives the Lord's Supper, so, you know, he makes it even more special. Like this really was a mountaintop experience for them. But then things quickly changed when one of his followers, Judas, would betray him into the hands of his murderers for basically the equivalent of about $100. Thursday, Thursday night bled into Friday morning, and Jesus was paraded around Jerusalem as the Jews looked for a way to have Jesus sentenced to death according to their laws. The only problem was he didn't actually do anything wrong. And so they had to get him convicted on, or they tried to get him convicted on bogus charges, on eyewitness testimonies that contradicted each other. And they ultimately pressured Pontius Pilate, in, uh, Pontius Pilate, a Roman official, into having him murdered. But before that crucifixion happened, he would be beaten, whipped, mocked, and humiliated. And then when he was crucified on the cross, even more tortured, and, when, uh, and he experienced perhaps the most gruesome death mankind has conceived. And for the disciples... They would have been in shambles. They had been following Jesus 
for three years. We're talking day in, day out, they are with Jesus. And so they would have been picking up the pieces of the life that had just been seemingly shattered. Fast forward to Sunday, the second half of our gospel reading, and the disciples are gathered together, still kind of processing what has happened. Because remember, not only was this their master that had died, but they thought that Jesus was the Messiah. They thought that Jesus was the one, the Savior of the world. And so, not only are they coming to grips with the fact that their master had died, but they're also coming to grips with the fact that this guy is not who we thought he was. Because on Friday, he was killed, right? His, his body was put into the grave, just like any other person who has ever lived. You know, he made claims about who he was, about being sent from God, being the Son of God in the flesh. But all those claims, all the claims that he made seemingly were good for nothing as his body laid in the grave. There are plenty of people, both back then as well as today, who claim to be something special, who claim to be a messenger from God, or who claim to be God in the flesh. But you know what happens? All those claims a person makes are made, are proven just to be claims as their body lies in the ground. So with Jesus' dead, lifeless body in the grave, it shattered the hopes that the disciples had. So there the disciples were when suddenly Jesus appeared before them. You know, talk about a, a roller coaster of a week that I've experienced. What they experienced in a week was probably even more so up and down. And then to have Jesus, the one who had died just a few days ago, be standing right in front of their eyes. I can't imagine what they were thinking and feeling. But Jesus did. As he appeared, the first thing he said is, Peace be with you. They were obviously scared and confused. And as the Bible said, they thought that they were seeing a ghost. Even 2,000 years ago, they believed in ghosts. But I can't really blame them, right? Jesus was killed. Beyond a doubt. Like, once someone was sentenced by Rome to die, they were dead. Rome got the job done. And based on every bit of experience in life, when someone dies, they stay dead. And so here the disciples are, thinking that a ghost is standing right before them. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, their fears, and their doubts, speaks to those very doubts. See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For spear does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. And after he shows them his hands and his feet, he asks them for something to eat. And he eats a piece of broiled fish that they had with him. Look, I know these might seem like small details, but they are so important. 
Just like how being a parent, you know, you're not, being, you're not excited about the burp itself or the diaper itself. You're excited about what it means. Jesus showing the disciples his hands and his feet. Jesus eating fish shows that it is flesh and blood, that it is a person, that it is Jesus standing right in front of them. If it were some kind of spirit, there wouldn't be a physical body. Jesus really did die on Friday, but he really did rise on Easter Sunday. Like I mentioned, someone can make claims about who they are, about being sent from God, about being God in the flesh, but if they can't back them up, they're just that. They're claims. But Jesus, he said that he would die and that he would rise again. And he did just that. He is who he says he is. The Son of God, the Savior of the world, the way, the truth, and the life. The only hope for mankind. And because of that, because he is who he says he is, the promises that he makes can be trusted too. Because he is who he says he is, he brought hope back to the disciples. And I just want to briefly kind of lay out what this means for us today. The fact that Jesus is who he says he is and that it means that he can be trusted means that he's our hope too. Now, I don't know if you're the same as me, but I look around this world that we live in and I, I don't always feel like there's a lot of hope, right? There's plenty of stuff that just knots your stomach. There's stuff that just leaves you wanting to cry. There's so much ugliness in this world. There's, there's quite frankly, evil in this world. There's hatred, hurtful words, even violence towards people based on the color of their skin, where they're from, or what language they speak. There are kids who have to grow up in broken and dysfunctional homes. There are students who have to learn what to do in case someone decides that they want to try to take their life in school. There are husbands and wives who long to start a family but for reasons unknown to doctors, simply can't. Families having to watch a loved one slowly diminish, slowly decline in health until they're just a shell of the person that they used to be. Elderly people forgetting their spouse or forgetting their own children because of a failing mind. People having to deal with physical pain that it takes all the strength that they have just to get up and go to work in the morning. I could go on and on and on, but I think we all know and have experienced all that is wrong in this world, all the brokenness, all that is wrong comes down to one root problem. That problem is sin. When we think about sin, there are really two different ways of talking about sin. First is it's the, the bad stuff that we do and the good stuff that we don't do, but then also it's everything that is wrong in the world. You know, sin has taken God's perfect creation and has ruined it. 
Like everything that is bad, literally everything wrong in this world is a result of sin. That is not what God wanted for his creation. But God did something about the problem of sin. He sent Jesus. You know, we celebrate around Christmas time the fact that God took on flesh. And Easter, in a way, is, is a continuation of that celebration. You see, when Jesus began his ministry, he started to restore things to how they were before sin entered the world. He healed people. He raised people from the dead. You know, he, he began to undo the bad things that sin had done to God's creation. And when he died on the cross, he paid for the sins of the entire world. In case you weren't with us on Friday, you probably noticed the blood-filled cross as you walked in. The focus of that service is how Jesus took the punishment that was supposed to be for us sinners. And so when Jesus died on the cross, he took away the punishment for the sins that you and I commit. And when he rose, he won a victory for us over all that is wrong in this world. And he has promised that when he comes again, he's going to make all things new again. He says that he will wipe away every tear from every eye and will make all things right. For those who have faith in Jesus, he will bring us to be with him for all of eternity in heaven. And there will be no more sorrow, no more pain, no more broken homes, no more people living in fear, no more anxiety, no more depression, no more hunger, no more broken homes, no more sorrow, no more death. And that's why Jesus eating the fish is so important. If Jesus stayed dead and didn't raise to life, if Jesus wasn't who he says he is, then none of it would be true. Jesus eating the fish, and more importantly, what that means, that Jesus physically raised from the dead, that is our hope, period. I want to end with one of my favorite quotes. Uh, it's actually a, a quotation that I have framed in my office from a, a fairly well-known pastor named Yaroslav Pelikan. He says, if Christ is risen, then nothing else matters. And if Christ is not risen, then nothing else matters. Because Christ is risen, because he did overcome death and our sin and the power of the devil, then nothing else matters beside that fact. Our hope in him is the only thing that matters more than all the rest. Because Jesus ate the fish, more importantly, because it means that he was there physically, you have hope. Happy Easter. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. And may the peace which surpasses all human understanding, may it guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.